It's all pretend, as they say. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to House of Bards. Um, we've been away for a bit. Just a little bit, like not too long. Yeah, we've, you know, it's been, you know, there was Christmas and then stuff and then more stuff. Things, many things. I mean, yeah. you'll have seen an episode after Christmas uh, mm. that wasn't like us recording an episode that was just me being lazy and mentally ill about editing. So, like, that one was you actually know. recorded before Christmas, yeah. as I believe. But no, we're back. Um, yeah. Uh, with like, go on. with like, maybe what doesn't sound like a fun topic, but it is actually quite a fun topic. Yeah, this is a topic suggested by uh, a listener called Gareth, mm-hmm. uh, and it is PC enmity, rivalry. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, like all of the negative emotions you can attribute towards another person, so maybe outright hatred, distrust, just. Like, not being cool with each other, and, yeah, rivalry. Mm. Yeah. This is something that happens sometimes, mm. um, you know, b- b- between player characters. And I think yeah. it's probably important to, to, to mention at the beginning that we we would draw a distinction between enmity between player characters and enmity <laughs> between players themselves. Like Yeah, I think most people who... Um, like, if you don't like another player, that's maybe a problem. Maybe you shouldn't play with those people. I don't... It's definitely, like, an actual problem that needs to be solved rather than a yeah. fake problem that potentially that... might need to be fixed. Yeah, like, a fake problem... This fa- Like, a fake problem can give you hours of entertainment, which, that that's the whole idea behind D&D. <laughs> Any tabletop game is someone says, here's a fake problem, you need to figure out how to solve it. And what and we're all and you're all like, oh shit, yeah, let's do that. You know, and two characters not liking each other is just another fake problem. Now but- obviously if two players don't like each other, uh there's not really a great likelihood that their characters will like each other. Yeah. Um Although, if you have a story about that, we would love to hear it. Like, two people just fucking hate each other, but on the table, they're like, characters are dating or whatever. I would love to hear that story, because that sounds amazing. If you have one like that, uh, please share it, and we will do it on the Stories podcast. sounds like a really awkward, um, like, table to be at, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I do have it's a story just, uh, for the Stories podcast about uh, a player I didn't like very much, but our characters were essentially uh, forced to cooperate very closely. Yeah. But that's for another time, I think. But yeah, yeah. But like, again, like if you don't, you know, if you don't like another player, this is something that you're either going to need to overcome or just like deal with it, you know. It's like if you work at a place and you work with someone you don't like, either you deal with it or you just go, well, we're just never going to get along. So let's just limit our interaction to professional as much as possible. And you can do that in Dungeons and Dragons. But we're not really here today about like, we're not, we're not here to solve your real life problems. No, no. Listeners. <laughs> we're going to talk about pairs of characters or even like other more complex arrangements of characters who don't get on. 
for mm. whatever reason. Yeah, and normally it's just because their personalities don't clash very well. Or you look at your friend over the table and go, wouldn't it be funny if these two characters just didn't like each other? And you go, and they go, yeah, that would be hilarious. Let's do this, mm. you know. But normally it's just because two characters don't mix very well. You've just made two characters that just don't, just have different opposing moral views. Most, like, neutral evil characters and lawful good characters, they're probably not going to get along very well. Like, their relationship is going to be fraught at best. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I think that's definitely the case. Um, paladins and thieves, for instance, are not often likely to be the best of friends. No. You know, and, and uh, it... uh, I think maybe, you know, some kind of similar case for, say, necromancers and essentially everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, just the way it goes sometimes. Um, I think, and this this is popping up in my head a little bit, um, somewhat that does annoy me and might actually grow on other players and the DM, is when the sort of enmity goes beyond an acceptable level. Like, really, by now, your two characters should be over their initial dislike of each other and distrust of each other because you've been in a situation where you've had to depend on each other and trust each other. It's ba- basically you're not developing your character enough uh, together and moving past that, you know. It's, you know, which to relate it to something that, you know, a game I like, Dragon Age 2, I always get really annoyed that, like, Nobody ever, like, Anders and Fenris just hate Meryl for the whole game. And it's like, guys, get over it. She's really nice. Just get over your blood magic thing and just, like, try and get along with her. Like, you don't have to like her, but, like, she's, you know, you know. It's that kind of a situation. You don't want to be in a situation where it's like, come on, just, you know, the the thief saved the paladin's life a thousand times now. Or the paladin sort of learnt to trust the thief. So why, weirdly, in this situation aren't you getting along? You know, you need to develop your, you know... And like, it's not like you can't disagree with each other or argue with each other as characters, but you have to... But I think that there's a difference as well between two characters who don't like each other and two t- characters who disagree with each other, because I've yeah, had yeah. a pair of characters, one of them was mine, who didn't really have a problem with each other, but did have um, opposing ethical standards. So... Yeah. When it came time to, you know, for one character to call the other out on his actions, uh, that actually, like, devolved into a fight. Like, a, a, yeah. an internal fight within the party. When it was not, like, those characters did not, by and large, like, constantly take pot shots at each other or anything. It was just that they had very strong opposing opinions on how a particular situation should have been dealt with and what the yeah. uh, the consequences of, of the actions undertaken therefore were. Mm. And I think it's also, I think, maybe uh, worth pointing out that rivalry doesn't have to mean enmity. If you think about the Lord of the Rings, like, um, Gimli and Legolas are rivals. Oh, yeah. And And they emphasize that quite a bit. Um, Yeah. At least Peter Jackson makes it seem like way. It's it's the case in the book as well, but I think they get over it a lot quicker in the book. Yeah. Um, But, and as we all know, Gimli and Legolas are basically in love with each other. Yeah, that's that's the point. It's like they still still have this this very friendly rivalry, but it's not an enmity of of any sort, like pretty early on. No, you know. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, It's, You know, 
I think we all know. I think anybody who doesn't see the love between Legolas and Gimli is a fool. Uh, <laughs> you know? And it, I, I feel it's a bond even deeper than Sam and Frodo. I'll go on that line. I'll say that now. Uh, but whatever your opinions on the relationship between Legolas and Gimli, you can't really deny the fact that, you know, they're not... No. Like the, the initial uh, distrust between them doesn't really last for that long. And, and you know, no, but yeah. they still do have this rivalry. Um, no, yeah. So I think that kind of relationship is uh, reasonably easy to play between uh, players in a game because you can just have your characters compete with each other um, but genuinely, like, care for each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think um, it wouldn't be unfair to say that... Um, I mean, I feel Azriel and Harrow are getting there. The thing about Azriel and Harrow <laughs> is that Azriel doesn't really like anybody. No, yeah, this is and the thing. And Harrow, it? like, I think Harrow tries Azriel's patience a lot. Yeah. And now that they're in the Feywild, and Azriel is like really frightened and being weirdly extroverted because he's frightened that he doesn't want to offend any of the Fey, he's irritated by Harrow's actions within the Feywild. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, it might be getting there. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think you know. I think we we you know our games the 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 Monday game. Yeah, Monday game. I completely forget what time we play a game. They're two very widely, vastly different um, games in terms of group dynamics. You know, uh, Dawn Somber has a very you know f- almost family dynamic at this point, mm. um, and. Which makes sense, because it's been going on a lot longer. But even before then, it was very much, you know, one of friendship and mutual trust, because hmm. had to. Whereas <laughs> in Two Earth, like, we're still a group of people who don't trust each other that much, who have been thrown yeah. together by a, a shared, like, unifying goal that, that still really only means that they travel with each other. They're not... Yeah. And it's like, Asriel trusts them more than he would trust other people but that's not really saying a lot no so like i think there's going to be character development for Azrael going through the feywild because obviously he's going to spend a stint of time being a lot more uh open and friendly to people yeah just because of how terrified he is of fucking up in the feywild <laughs> and coming to genuine harm and and yet we and yet you're still gonna get fucked to death in the next session, so it well, the, it doesn't the, even. The plan currently is that that is not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that there there was a you know uh, a plan set in in place already before that was even set up that it's that true. would not happen. Um, but yeah. So yeah, the, you know, uh, I I think it's definitely. I remember um before. Matt was playing Harrow. Um, he was playing um, Darius. Mm. Um, now that that was a very um, antagonistic relationship because Darius sometimes just murdered people and did really bad, naughty things. Mm. Mm. Which and... is difficult for other players to like. But I think mm. the relationship between Azrael and Harrow is different, just because yeah. it's a very specifically. Um... <laughs> like it's not even that much of a rivalry. It's it's more no, it's just, just Azrael being mean to Harrow, and yeah, Harrow and, uh, eventually getting fed up with it and like reciprocating, and then it annoys Valanthe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's the main thing actually. The fact that it annoys Valanthe. Um, it's it, not a real uh like a, a PC problem. 
if no. as soon as you have a third character jumping in to be like, hey guys, you know, calm down, shut up. Uh, yeah. Uh, like the, the two players just drop it. It's yeah. just instantly. It's, it's like, okay, that was our cue to cut this and we're going to do something else. We've had our, yeah. our bit, our little I, thing I will occasionally sometimes prompt Beckett if I'm like, <laughs> great, okay. <laughs> We've... You know, and that's that's you know what a good DM. You know, if if two characters are arguing, it might initially be very entertaining and funny, and then you're a bit like. The thing is, if it's not going anywhere, yeah, like, if it's these like, two oh, characters are just to... going to argue and they're not going to like yeah. come to a head of all the stuff they've been building up to and actually like fight each other or something, then it's not. Yeah, it's not really entertaining <laughs> for the players who aren't involved in the enmity after about a minute. Yeah, like it's it's one of these things. I was like, you know, as a DM. Sometimes you kind of have to manage time um, and the sort of just general mood of the group. It's, it's fine to let an argument, particularly if you have two very funny players, which Alex and Matt are, kind of going back and forth. But it is one of these things that it's like, okay, we we need to get on with Azriel getting fucked to death. So if you can just, mm. you know, carry on. And you're like, you've got to think, um, is this going anywhere? Like, is there a mm. point to this argument because if there isn't then all the argument is is it's illustrative of the relationship between these two characters which isn't useless but there's really only a certain extent to which you want that to go on before that gets chalked up as another clash between them and then you Mm. want to see where that's going if there is a point like maybe um this is the bit where they finally got so fed up with each other that they're going to fight each other maybe one of them has done something that the other one can't look past Mm. um maybe they uh, fundamentally disagree on an action that the party should take as a whole, which means that they, they might like call a vote or something amongst the, the rest of them yeah. and like, factionize the party. Like, <laughs> you, you could make a lot of drama happen, mm. but you, like, the players have to be prepared that that's what they're going to do. That that's, yeah. like, this is the point where this needs to happen. So it's... it's uh... And obviously, if character enmity is rooted in player enmity, don't do that. Because, like, if they get to the point where they need to, like, factionize the party, but you're also actually factionizing the table, uh, that is the point where maybe you need to have your DM or somebody stop the game and think about who should be coming back to the table. Yeah. Uh, I have only ever asked somebody not to come back to my table once. And it was somebody I had a lot of trouble with as a player uh, in general. I'm not actually certain why he turned up, to be honest. Oh my god, drama. Mm. Normally it's me who brings the drama on the podcast. <laughs> Only once, like. Only once. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I've seen no. it done more often. Yeah, I I do. I always com- come back to the idea of, you know, like... I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I did once play a game and two of the players were dating each other in RL mm. and then they broke up. And we could never ever do a session ever again because obviously it's it's going to be weird at best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's. I think we did. You did quite a, a big talk on that. Actually, you, you gave them fake names or something. Oh no, no. That you, was you made, that, that, that that up. was a Sorry. different separate one. You See, made that, that, that up, was a, air quotes. Yeah. That that was a fake scenario. Mm. I the the Craig thing was fake. I keep telling you this didn't actually happen. Sure, it didn't. But the, the, there has been time when, yes, actually, there have been, you know, and, you know, I read, you know, and in this situation, I actually really liked the dude and I didn't really know his girlfriend that well. 
This is this is exactly like this is the exact scenario of the dungeon master's girlfriend, isn't it? Except it wasn't the dungeon master. But no, I mean, ruined no, I, I everything know. for everyone. Really, it's you know you have to separate these concepts of player enmity and PC enmity because they are yeah. largely independent. It's just they can intersect yeah. mm. and they have different approaches because, like, sometimes PC enmity doesn't really need to be resolved. Like, maybe these two characters learn to get along but never really like become friends or anything they just yeah learn to respect each other mm-hmm. and maybe uh the player of one of the characters wants that character to leave and since there's already this history of enmity with um his other character they decide like the way that he's going to leave is he's going to get angry uh, at something that that they've done and then there's going to be a fight and he's going to lose the fight or just no that's it i'm done i'm leaving I can't stay mm. in this party with this person. Yeah, but obviously, be sensitive with how you how you play that because yeah. yeah, it's all pretend, as they say. <laughs> but you know, it's all pretend. But sometimes, sometimes people are really good at playing that, and it can get a bit weird and maybe yeah. like a bit nasty. Yeah, you know, you know, be just remember that that behind every play, you know, this this goes on for for like anything where we all use masks. To disguise our, our real selves, this goes for the internet. This goes for, um, you know, D and D. This goes for this goes for cosplaying. You know, remember that there are real people behind whatever facade they're presenting, and sometimes those feelings can get hurt. Yeah. So be careful and try and keep it comfortable within your. It's really friends. like a, a fundamental principle of interaction with other human beings. To be honest, it's it's not that like out there. I don't think. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of these things. So, what can cause enmity between characters? Well, really, characters are supposed to be uh, fictional people. So, what can Mm. cause enmity between characters is really just the same as what can cause enmity between people. Mm. Sometimes, two people just don't get on. They're trying to fulfill the same social role and they're competing for it. Yeah, that, you know, that's, you know, sometimes someone wants to be the top pilot in the resistance and someone else wants to be the top pilot in the resistance and there can only be one ace pilot in the resistance yeah like so maybe maybe a conflict there maybe two people want to be the leader yeah maybe two people don't want to be the leader and both of them are trying to defer responsibility to the other which means that they both blame each other for when things go wrong yeah yeah that's yeah um you know that that's a very you know basic thing and it's generally um, that's all player created, but then sometimes, of course, you have things that the DM manufactures into the world that the characters can pick up on. So you have um, ideological differences. You know, I think blood magic is a tool. No, blood magic is the devil's magic. And don't somebody the idea of imperial elves and uh, dragonborn not liking each other is pretty set in stone. And I, I have had a player play a character who you know is. A very traditional Imperial Elf. So, like, there weren't any Dragonborn in that party. But when they met Dragonborn, like, that character was not gracious to the Dragonborn they met at all. And, Mm. like, if they were both in a party together, there could be some friction there. Yeah. You know, um, generally just, like, hating another character because of just fundamentally what they are. Like, again... Dragonborn, or just like the race of a character, and when I say race, I mean species, not yeah, 
that will I mean, do if, if you want to address that then like sure but make sure everybody is cool with it at the beginning yeah because like, i be i would be goal, like i think i would like if someone came on that table and were like right so uh my character's gonna be a white supremacist i'm like i'm not comfortable with that no, i didn't sign up <laughs> for that keep... that's not like a predicate of this game so yeah i'm gonna ask you to not do that please yeah i i would be like um no <laughs> that's not happening yeah so like it's different and it's it's like um there are other groups of people that you know might have other other uh pcs might have an ideological problem with them for instance uh warlocks mm. uh, warlocks gain their magical powers at least in fifth edition from uh making sort of faustian pacts with powerful exoplanar creatures so uh demons uh the fae um, the great old ones sometimes, you know, like mm. Thulu, and like that can be intimidating. Like for a while, that was kind of the definition of like all magic as it was understood to exist in like the medieval period. Mm. And that, that was why it was persecuted, even though it didn't actually exist. So it was all bollocks. Mm. So like there could definitely be characters who, you know, don't really appreciate having somebody who's, you know, bound to the service of a demon or whatever in their midst. Mm. You know, similar thing, I think, with um, unstable sorcerers, either either the sorcerers who get their powers from, like, similar sources to warlocks, or the sorcerers who have, like, dragon blood and are very unstable. That kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, or even just something as simple as, like, we've mentioned this before, a character disagrees with the fact that somebody makes their living from stealing or burglary. Maybe you have a paladin and a cleric who worship different and opposing deities. Yeah. That's that's ideal there. Yeah. Um, Again, actually, in Dawnsomber, Imperial Elves don't like clerics at all. They they think that they are uh, all blasphemers and heretics. Mm -hmm. You know, and and these things are um, fun to play up. Um, And then some characters can just be opposingly morally different, you know? Like, you know, sometimes someone decides, I'm going to play an evil character, and everyone else who's maybe either a neutral or a good character is a bit like, okay. <laughs> but that can be interesting, because that, that can be like this character going off doing kind of bad things, or achieving their goals in underhanded ways, and maybe, you know, our lawful good character's like, um, no, you can't, we can't cheat at this game of chance, mm. or we can't, you know, I think, do this bad thing. I think like a good example for those who read it is uh, Belkar from The Order of the Stick, who <laughs> is uh, an evil halfling ranger, and all like the rest of the party all know that he's evil and frequently clash with him, and are kind of assholes to him, actually, just because they know that he's constantly like creating friction with other characters, and he's very often wrong about things, just because he's very, very slow to trust. Which makes it all the more embarrassing on the times where he is actually correct about something, and they don't like they don't pick up yeah. on that at all. Uh, as happened recently, if you just got caught up again, like me, uh, and that's I think that's how you can. I, I wouldn't generally recommend mixing um, alignments that that widely in a, a mm-hmm. in a game. I kind of feel like if you're going to have evil PCs, then all of the PCs should be evil, and you should be doing an evil campaign. Mm. Um, but I mean, of course, I I have seen it. Um, I I'm a big fan of um, uh, the West Marches. Um, although I haven't watched it in a while, I do need to catch up. Um, and there is this one particular character who does lots of very underhanded evil things. But like, 
is kind of able to hide it through just like this is what I am or people just sort of don't question it and you do get this sort of interesting sort of moral mix of characters of these characters who are a bit like either I don't really know where I fall on the moral scale but this is making me uncomfortable or hey I'm along for the ride here um you know but uh, I th- I think that might sometimes be a case of one particular character leading the group and leading the story a little bit um perhaps a little bit along with the DM as well the DM's like oh okay I'm picking up on your vibe here let's go along with this together kind of thing so that's always very interesting yeah yeah i think so yeah like one of the things that i wanted to be sure of is that i don't institute large penalties for changing alignment because i feel like that's a thing that can naturalistically happen yeah a game um especially if you're having like a redemption arc for a previously evil character or a corruption arc for a previously good character which can be very interesting to explore um especially to try and tie this back to the, the topic, because a character undergoing one of those two arcs within an environment of people from either end, I think, of the spectrum, is probably going to have like enmity with one or other uh, characters within the party at some mm. point, either at the beginning or at the end. Yeah. So like those can be interesting to do, I think. And I think um, Asriel as a character might change alignment. Um if he like goes through an arc that's about him opening up and and being more trustful of Aww. like people who aren't I say people who aren't like him but there's not really anybody like him it's just like the people he's not used to yeah just learning how to not be so closed off learning mm. how to open his heart and let the love in he's true neutral right yeah, yeah. Which, um, uh, yeah, and like people can teach him how to open his heart. They'd be like, Yeah, you know how you opened your legs all the time in the Feywild? It's like that, but less literal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when when we say open his legs, uh, occasionally his mouth, because apparently that's what pixies are into. Yeah. When when uh, Alex says that Azriel has become more extroverted in the fair wild, what he means is a slightly more um, along for the ride in terms of um, what he is and isn't willing to do. Azriel seems to be picking up the idea that people in the Feywild apparently communicate primarily through like very like kinky sexual means of expression. And because he doesn't want to offend anyone for the risk of getting murdered, he's just sort of trying to be into whatever anyone he meets is into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, I mean, that's not an inaccurate assessment of some fair. So I won't spoil anything, let's put it that way. But it's, um, you know, if it's if that's what As- Asriel's trying his best to do, that's <laughs> fucking hell. Um, so we've discussed PC enmity, but I think we can kind of discuss, um, you know, maybe just to pad this out a bit longer, but, um, recurring NPCs and players not liking those recurring NPCs very much. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. Obviously, if, like, the, the, the player group as a whole doesn't like this NPC, and they should, that's a problem. Yes. Uh, but sometimes it's fine to just let, let that play out, have... The PCs suffer consequences for not trusting or liking this NPC, and then that's that's that. You know, they yeah. made their choice; they should be allowed to have it. Yeah. 
Um, but I think sometimes you create a character who's genuinely like not likable at all. I <laughs> I don't think Jay likes the King of Varash very much and has very differing opposing um opinions to um Well the thing is the King of Varash is not very likable. It's like no. um like depending on your perspective of how uh moral what he did was, he's either like genuinely evil, useless or just a fucking coward. Uh, I think with Jess, probably a mix of useless and just a fucking coward. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things like, wow, you are a, a you are really inept at the thing you do. Mm. So uh no, fuck you, man. You know that's because because yeah, he, he does he goes into this whole spiel about this is how my country got this fucked up because I I constantly had to cede more and more of the fundamental like rights of my citizens in order to just maintain the existence of the country and And jay is like i don't really feel like many of the things you're describing were necessary i think you're just kind of useless Uh, yeah and that and like i remember what like because like it was obvious that i was gonna gonna go off in a tirade and you you just like in character interrupted jay and i was just thinking you know i'm just like none of you you know like oh Mm. man fucking king of varash Hit Varash. <laughs> it's awful. But no, it's yeah. But you could also have like, um, who else did you not like? In character, God, I don't know if I can. I mean, the the foils. I guess you were like distrustful of for a bit. Oh no, yeah, yeah. But then and Jay and Lida kind of still sometimes don't get on. Yeah, they get on a lot better now. But there's still like bumps, like when Lida wanted to fuck Jay's brother. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, like, like out of character, I found that really funny. But like in character, J- Jay was mortified and was like, "Lida, why? <laughs> you are a tiny halfling, and he is a very large human man. It's, that is a crime, a crime against nature." <laughs> I think Jay's also just like a slightly bigoted against halflings as well. Which, you know, I I think Jay's got some unresolved racial issues that need to be addressed. Um, sure, you could go to the law file. Yeah, which <laughs> it's it's a thing, but yeah. Um, I know that there are plenty of characters Azriel doesn't like. Um, basically anybody who uh, isn't a sailor, isn't a nomad, or is some combination of not being those things. Yeah, like it's it's like obviously he doesn't like Eleanor. No, uh, he doesn't. I don't think he likes Eleanor because he's concerned. About Eleanor's intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he really, really doesn't like um, Bartello, but that's probably kind of alright, because Bartello is... Yeah, like I kind villain. Yes, I kind of feel like that was my intention, yeah. so... <laughs> and then there are other people where it's like, it's not that he doesn't like them, it's just that he either doesn't respect them or doesn't trust them. Yeah. Like, a lot of the people who Asriel doesn't dislike, he only doesn't dislike because he's like ridiculously condescending to them yeah to the point where he basically doesn't consider them like significant enough to pose any real threat or cause for offense yeah but then he gets to the Feywild where suddenly everything is way more powerful than him and apparently wants to have sex with him possibly fatally and he's (laughs) like okay uh i don't want to piss any of these people off (laughs) yeah I think it, it it should be mentioned that it was raised as a concern in the game that like uh I hope consent exists in the Feywild and I was like 
I mean, the evidence thus far would suggest yes, but not universally. Yeah, well, that's unfortunately like the real world, Alex, yeah. which sucks. That is that is true. That is the case. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's just sort of this very strange farewell that, like, I remember someone, one of your friends asked if it had any specific inspiration. And I was sitting there thinking, God, does it? I hope it has a specific info, in, like inspiration, because otherwise... He actually named an inspiration that... by name, but I, I wasn't familiar with the material he he spoke of, so I don't actually like remember what the name was. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think... Because I was sitting there thinking, I don't know if there's any specific inspiration. Oh my God, I think I'm just that weird. And I had to sit there for a minute being like, Oh no! <laughs> there was a point where I figured out where you were going with that, and I was like, "Okay, if if Beth is gonna make this weird, I'm gonna make it weird right back at her." I didn't like it. It didn't even occur to me that it was like weird. It just sort of happened, and I was like, "Well, I've made this weird now, so I guess it's weird now." Yeah, I think there's a great interplay between the characters just by having Azriel be really into it. And Valanthe be like respectful of it, but really not into it at all. And Harold yeah. being like really unfamiliar with what is going on, past understanding the basic fundamentals of you know the Feywild, and also in the Feywild things apparently have a lot of sex. Yeah, I don't know. Like saying have a lot of sex seems a bit too uh, hard a term for what goes on the Feywild. I think fornicate. Yes. <laughs> like, you, you, might, you might see that, that, that said in like a, a, a classical book or something, that everything in the Feywild fornicates a lot. Yeah. And I believe there was actually a point where like Azrael stopped all of them and was like, listen to all of the birds screaming and like look at all of the, the like insects going between the flowers and at the, the blooming trees and whatever. Everything here is fucking. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's it's just it's just like it's, I th- I think it's mostly based on the combination of like it's at the minute in the Feywild anyway it's perpetually summer mm. so everyone's already hot and bothered so yeah 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 it's, you know I'm a, I almost feel like the Feywild itself is a character oh, for <laughs> sure for sure in the game <laughs> like I know we've talked about environments before as like um. Like, a character within themselves, you know, like, we've discussed environments and characters and stuff like that, but, yeah, you can totally, you know, sometimes an environment can become a character so much that it can actually make, it can cause enmity itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely true. If there's a particularly stressful environment, it might stress a a relationship that's testy, but maybe not particularly confrontational between two characters. Yeah. Like, for instance, I know Azrael and Harrow don't really get on in the Feywild because they seem to have very different ideas about what the appropriate way to behave there is. Yeah. Like, Harrow is very cautious and not, like, that frightened of the idea of, like, saying no, honestly, to people in the Feywild. And Azrael is like, well, you know, in the material plane, I would agree with you because that's, you know, the standards of proper consent, but... Like, here in the Feywild, I'm really fucking frightened by what you're doing. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's... Yeah, absolutely. You know, like... Yeah! Yeah! It, yeah. It, it's... And you could also have, you know, um, if characters are trying to travel undercover. Like, for a while, um, characters in my other game were travelling through the Elven Empire, and one of them was a cleric. 
which is illegal in the Elven Empire. Mm. And she was hiding this, but one of the other characters was like not being very judicious about like keeping the, the secret. And that stressed the relationship between them a lot, especially when, as a result, partly of his actions, they got arrested. Yeah. Um, you have this sort of... Mm, give me a second thinking. You also have, uh, I think, as a DM, it's good to put characters in situations that might cause conflict. And might cause a bit of enmity and, and result in some good joint storytelling, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Especially if like the two players are on board with like yeah. building their relationship that way. Yeah. That's definitely the case, I think. Because hmm. you can't really, I don't think, have all of your character development come from within the character themselves. I mean, maybe that hmm. has to happen if there's a very high character turnover in the game and like your teammates are not sticking around for very long, but... Really, you you want to try and bounce off the other players in terms of how you can like build up your characters, and the best way to do that is by having you know different relationships with the character, the other characters. Yeah. Like, so some of them are going to be a very positive relationships, like we've talked before about uh, romantic relationships between player characters, mm-hmm. and some of them are going to be very negative relationships, like we're talking about now. Mm. So it's it's really about like trying to find. Because the other thing is, it gives you a good idea of what the other characters are like as well. Because you have to like try and get a sense of who they are in order to uh, get your character to appropriately react to them, which is also very good. Because yeah, because it means that you're actually appreciating what the other players are doing with their characters. And I think as the DM, you've got to sort of like oversee all of that, and then you can introduce NPCs who might like or dislike the uh, the party as a whole or specific characters in it based on you know the attributes that not just are inherent to the character, but are coming out in the way that the character is being played by the player. Mm. And I think especially if you know, perhaps if two characters have an ideological difference, like um, one character is more sympathetic to a particular group and the other player um, is perhaps the opposite, like the very far opposite of sympathetic towards that group. And maybe you put them in a situation where they have to interact with that group of characters. And, you know, that's... Say it's like, I don't know, lizard people, I don't know. There was a point, actually, <laughs> where uh, the other group had to interact with uh, this group of dragonborn and, like, do a quest mm. for them. And then you've got the the elf who's like, you know, I like getting paid and rewarded, but I'm really not comfortable with what we're doing right now. Uh, what we are doing is technically a crime, and I don't particularly want to do a crime to help this group of people. I don't believe that they deserve it. Mm. So, like, he, he was free to, like, make that expression, but everybody else was like, you know, we're, we're going to get paid and we kind of like these people and we think they've got kind of a bum deal with where they are right now. So, honestly, what's the issue? And, like, they could then argue with him because they'd be like, hey, like, I know we're going against the Elven Empire, but it's not the Elven Empire you like and you spend a lot of the rest of your time, like, talking about that, about how you're, like, essentially, um, uh, what's the trope called? Uh... Chrono displaced popsicle or something that you 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 were yeah yeah in the past. So the empire that you like is actually the previous iteration of the empire, and you don't like this one politically. So like, why do you have a problem with like transgressing against it when that is what you would yeah. be doing anyway? Just because the transgression yeah. happens to benefit Dragonborn, like have mm. some perspective, man. So then they could they could have like a disagreement over that, and I think that's that's the kind of of thing. Just have interactions between uh, player characters that way. Um, I think finally, 
sometimes relationships can be good between characters, but what happens when it goes bad? You know, that the kind of development of a relationship going from friendship to perhaps not friendship. Well, it depends. Which I think is interesting. Right, was that... Was it intentional? Mm. Uh, and even if it wasn't intentional, like, how is that going to work out? Like, maybe yeah. those two characters will have, like, a, a very touching uh, confrontation eventually, where, you mm. know, they have to sort out their differences. Maybe they'll have a very dramatic confrontation where they utterly fail to sort out their differences and one of them cuts the other's legs off and leaves him to die outside a river of lava. (laughs) (laughs) You You were my brother, Anakin! I loved you, God! Fuck. But yeah, it's, it's... It's like, wh- wh- where are you going with this? I think that's what you always yeah. have to keep in mind. And I don't think it's yeah. particularly out of place to talk to the other player about, like, where are we going with this? And maybe they don't know. Maybe they're just sort of playing it by ear and you're going to do, like, maybe they can patch up their relationship again uh, mm-hmm. in the future. Like, what is yeah. actually coming between them? Identify that and see, like, where you want to go with that dramatically. But, no, like, play how you want to play. Uh, yes, and, and, like, talk to the other players about how you want that to go. Yeah. Like, even in just sort of a retrospective way at the end of the session, I do that quite frequently, and it's not weird at all. Yeah. Just have a good time, and, you know, you should be, I think, interested in, in, like, how dramatic your character is coming out to be. Like... Yeah. And I think even if you're not that um, confident in playing, uh, if you have a group of other players who are, then... There's something to be said for, like, your character just being sort of, like, the rock around which all of their drama revolves. And you're just like, okay, I'm gonna just be stoic about all of this and deal with them when they come to me and just get on with the job otherwise. And it's like, you don't necessarily need to do more than that, but you can branch out once you have a better idea of what you're doing. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's that, you know? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, I'm seeing this episode is going to be slightly shorter. Like we're we're shorter than we generally are. Like even before I've cut out all the silence and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing though. I think no, it, uh, it was, this topic. Yeah, th- this topic I think is is fairly easy to wrap up, especially since it's it's essentially the mirror opposite of a topic we've already done. And no, yeah, it's like you know, that, you know, uh, love just like hatred, just like love, is about communication. Yeah. When you're Te- I mean, from a story standpoint, in real life, it's about a lack of communication. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you're <laughs> like playing it in pretend because you're playing it in real, then maybe address that before you carry on, because that's yeah. probably more important. Mm. You know, just talk to the other players and talk to the DM and have fun with what you're all doing. You know, it's it's really the same stuff, just from a different angle. Anyway, mm. that was House of Bards. You know, uh, I. Uh, have been Alex. You can. F- oh no, I've been Beth. You can find uh, us at the links to our social media in the description. The description is also where you will find uh, the credit for whatever art I use behind the uh, the image mm-hmm. for this episode. And the music, mm-hmm. as always, was by Kevin McLeod. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next time we can make one of these. I feel like maybe mm, also be next remember week. to send us your questions for the Q and A episode. Yes, like a lot of we material. have received some questions. That's really good. But if you can think yes. of any more, uh, we're gonna like write them all down. And as soon as we have enough, we will do the Q and A episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. something I'm gonna start doing is um, I had to actually go through like the YouTube comments for this one. But when 
you make a suggestion, I will actually note down that you made it, and then we will give you a bit of a, a shout out if we do that episode. Uh, but yeah, that, that's yeah. not questions for the Q and A episode. That's that's um, like suggestions for topics, which we mm. do also need because the the tank is very boring at the moment. Yeah, I mean, not like like it's more like it would take us a while to kind of think about stuff. Yeah, and there are some episodes that we kind of want to do, but they require things we don't really have access to at the moment. Yeah. I look forward to when Star Wars comes out on DVD, guys. Could be a good yeah, one. But, yeah, um, good. We have something planned for that. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be about Star Wars, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, one day, maybe. But yeah. Yeah, so that was us. Um, mm-hmm. We've been out to Beth. This has been House of Parts. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>